Welcome to Real Estate Hackers, where you'll hear how real estate investors grew something from nothing. Property management is going to become more technical. Our entire business today is based off of a hack. What if you could put $1,000 into an apartment building project on your phone? With YouTube, with podcasts, you can catch up very quickly to a seasoned investor. Now here's your real estate hacker host, Chad Gallagher. Welcome to the Real Estate Hackers Show, where we talk to actual investors who use systems and tech to scale out their business and where they see this all going in the future. Before we get to this week's guest, a few words from our partners and friends of the show. Welcome to Real Estate Hackers, where you'll hear how real estate investors grew something from nothing. Property management is going to become more technical. Our entire business today is based off of a hack. What if you could put $1,000 into an apartment building project on your phone? With YouTube, with podcasts, you can catch up very quickly to a seasoned investor. Now here's your real estate hacker host, Chad Gallagher. Welcome to the Real Estate Hackers Show, where we talk to actual investors who use systems and tech to scale out their business and where they see this all going in the future. Before we get to this week's guest, a few words from our partners and friends of the show. This show is brought to you by Red Rabbit Insurance. As a real estate investor, I love working with companies and people who truly understand investing. If you're a real estate investor, I highly suggest talking to Ryan at Red Rabbit Insurance. Red Rabbit specializes in working with investors of all sizes, both for their personal residence, auto, and investment properties. Red Rabbit recently saved one of our investors $5,000 a year by switching to the exact same coverage. That's a down payment on a new rental. I personally saved 15% by switching to Red Rabbit, which is pretty significant. And Red Rabbit Insurance makes it super easy to get a quote. All you need is the address, your full name, and your date of birth. No annoying questionnaires to fill out and Red Rabbit gets you a quote in less than a day. Email ryan at redrabbitinsurance.com or go to the website redrabbitinsurance.com or call 1-800-560-3015. That's redrabbitinsurance.com. Call today to save some money and get better insurance rates for your investments. All right. Uh, welcome, guys. I am pumped here. We got Dave Wilcock. Did I say that right? Yeah. In the studio here today, uh, doing this from the Trenton Hive, and man, this is going to be awesome. I kind uh, of know Dave. He's just, uh, man, he's done a lot. Every time you think you have heard something he's done, you hear something else, you're like, whoa. Uh, so I hope you guys get a lot out of this. Um, but Dave, why don't we just start with kind of, you, know, you come at this from a, look, this is a tech audience. Uh, these people love tech. They love hearing about what's happening in real estate. You actually started in uh, an IT consulting company. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then, and then actually, after that, is a second company in tech, raising money before you ever entered into the real estate sphere. Right, right. You know, I think Chad, the the big light bulb moment for me was reading the uh, Cash Flow Quadrant by Richard, you know, Robert Kiyosaki, right, where he talks it. about being business owner uh, and investor. So I, you know, I knew I had to become an entrepreneur. I kind of knew it was my destiny, um, but there was no playbook, right? Into how do I instantiate this, right? How, how, you know, what's the course of action? What's the path that I mm -hmm. got to take from here? Um, so basically I, I, I took, created a business from what I knew, which was I was in the technology sector. Um, I was doing consulting. Uh, this was early 2000s and then eventually started a business here. 
um, and primarily doing consulting around, you know, technology services, Fortune 500, Fortune 1000 type uh, clients. And really, uh, it was all around helping making their businesses uh, more successful, right? We could always do things faster, better, cheaper, kind of looking at that, using technology as an enabling platform to do that. Um, so, yeah. That's awesome. Um, I know, like, so as you kind of transferred that into... Was it basically you were you were passively investing in real estate in other people's syndications? Yeah, so I mean, there's a little bit of a story around that, which is kind of interesting in my evolution. So again, I knew that I wanted to be investing as well and getting into real estate. I knew that was definitely the angle, but it was you know, I mean, there's lots of different asset types and things that you could kind of go after. Uh, so I started investing as an LP uh, back in the day and invested in everything from you know commercial. Uh, uh, properties, uh, office complexes, retail, um, oil producing wells, like, you know, 20 years ago, right? When there wasn't all that much information on it, um, but started to invest passively. And then um, it's ironic, right? Because as entrepreneurs, we think, hey, you know, once you start your business and you get it off the ground, you know, you, you feel like you're going to hit a home run. Well, the first, you know, five years of our business, I mean, we had triple digit growth. We were on the Inc. 5000 uh, award one year, right? We were just crushing it, right? Great clients, built a great team and all of that. Um, and then at one point, I remember we had actually almost exited to a big four uh, firm. And then, you know, 90 days later, um, we were having like we went backwards, you know, a half a million like in 90 days. Because uh, we lost some lost some key uh, cl personnel, uh, lost key client. It was like a culmination of all these events kind of happened, and it was you know it, the light bulb really hit me that wow you know I've got to diversify you know a little bit more. I can't have all my eggs in one basket and hoping that you know we're going to exit and hit this home run. So that even reinforced my level of you know investing passively and getting you know really serious about the game there. Man, I think that's just so awesome. I mean, one of the things that's great about what where I see the world going is, you know, I, I see folks who, you know, they're spending all their time in one industry and all their net worth and is, is oftentimes in their, their income, their day-to-day -day income is tied into the industry they're working in. Yeah. And that's just so scary to me. Yeah. Um, because things can change in a moment and it's not always your fault. <laughs> you know, I mean, sometimes... Another company comes in, regulation hits, trades change, mm -hmm. you know, our current president goes on Twitter and makes a comment and all of a sudden right. <laughs> your business yeah. can be changed. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I think that's so smart about basically, so basically as I kind of force this thing forward, where I see your, your big light bulb moment was, hey, I'm really successful in this tech company. Things are going well, but man, I better start diversifying into other things not correlated with the tech company I'm in. Yeah, we took, I mean, we were taking all the profits and like I was, we were, you know, not taking much money off of the table. You're constantly reinvesting it because, yeah. you know, you're growing and you, you need that as much capital as you can, yeah. you know, to do that. But, you know, your risk just keeps increasing, right? You know, as a, as a solopreneur, you think about, oh, well, do I have enough, you know, to pay the mortgage this month, right? But, you know, expand that out when you've got a bunch of employees and their families and everything, mm -hmm. you know, the risk, you know, is exponential. Yeah. That's so interesting. Um, so, okay. So then you start to invest in like multifamily? 
Was that kind of what you were? Yeah, to I do? invested in a, in a bunch of things and eventually got to um, multifamily. And I and I think you know if if you look at all the assets you know in real estate, I definitely think multifamily is one of the crown jewels, right? People always kind of you know move up to that. And there's another key aspect that I think a lot of people just don't don't think about enough, right? But your time ultimately is the biggest asset that you have, right? So do you want to be doing single family, right? Fix and flips or something on your weekends and nights away from your family and kind of, you know, things like that. Right. If you love that, if that's your passion and fires you up, then by all means go for that. But there is an opportunity cost, right? So when I look at, you know, like multifamily syndications, the asymmetric risk on these things are just phenomenal, right? Where it's very low risk, it's predictable, and you have a high rate of return, right? And it's also multidimensional, right? Because you've got the, the tax efficiency from it, you can get appreciation, right? And then the passive income, right, is is really good. So, I, you know, I encourage people to really look at, you know, where, where do they want to be spending their time? Right. And for me, you know, I've always known that, hey, I'd like to be actively involved in my business. Right. And then and I want to grow my money outside of my business. I'm growing money there, but I want to, you know, grow my money um, outside of it. And real estate's, you know, a great vehicle to do that in addition to some other strategies. Yeah. Yeah. I love how you I mean, there's a couple of concepts you're hitting on. That I think it's so important. One is obviously diversifying off of your kind of core where, you know, the industry you're in and that kind of stuff. The other thing you're talking about that I really like is differentiating between being, I think people don't do this enough, which is, you know, people say they want passive income coming in, right? Mm -hmm. And if you are, if you are self-managing a single family home, maybe and whether you have a prime manager or not, I would argue that is not a hundred percent passive. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, yeah, look, and I, I think I can make the argument is I, right. I run a prime management company. I, right. I, I have my own investments Yeah. and you know, there are still decisions to be made. There are still problems that come up and you still got to keep your eye on the ball or that thing can actually become, uh, go from being an asset to actually uh, a problem. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a business, right? I mean, having right. even a single family property is like you're running a business. So is that what you want to spend your time doing? And then also I like to, you know, look at, you know, where do you want to be in 10, 20 years? Right. And how quickly can you actually move the needle to getting there? So if you're W-2, you know, I mean, we're always downplaying W-2 stuff, but I mean, a lot of people love what they're doing. Right. And they're making great money. So that's awesome. Use that as seed capital. Right. To fund your investments. Yeah. Right. And then you can you can grow at a higher level and then you could kind of leapfrog, you know, maybe the you know single family kind of game and go right after the bigger things. Right. Cool. So, um, so, so now what you're basically spending your time doing is basically talking to the people who used to be like you, that person who's in a kind of day-to-day -day job, who's uh, a high net worth individual, who wants to get into real estate, but doesn't have the time to even work with a property management company. They just want to push money in and know it's a good operator. It'll be well taken care of. 
Yeah, and, well, I think even in addition to that, I mean, most of the people you talk to have never even, they have no idea what real estate syndication is. They don't even understand. When they think of a real estate, they think of just, you know, residential real estate, right? right? They, they don't right. really oh, understand no. the entire world of commercial. Um, and then there's also, again, it's like that's why I kind of talk about is this holistic strategy. You know, there's these other things that you can do, like the infinite banking policy, which is like a, a phenomenal platform that's, again, multidimensional. It does so many different things. So if you can all of a sudden start, you know, loaning money from yourself, right? Uh, you can do a lot of things with it, right? You can buy properties, you can invest off of that. And that's actually how I came to it from real estate is you can get some additional lift uh, on the returns that you're already getting uh, with so that. It was just, uh, you said a lot there. Uh, let's kind of unpack that okay, a little bit. Sure, yeah. So you said the infinite banking platform, which is actually a new term to me. So okay. Uh, could you, and maybe our, maybe our folks in the audience are, are more educated in this than I am, but why don't you kind of break that down for people? Yeah, it takes a little bit to get your head around it. Um, and um, it's interesting. I mean, there's, there's, you know, like anything, there's can be some negative stigma around certain things, but it's, it's essentially a whole life, uh, life insurance policy, right? That you're able to uh, set up for yourself. You create a cash value to this. You contribute a series of uh, premiums to it over a certain course of time. Uh, but what it does is you, you can actually, let's say you put 100K into the property or into the uh, account, right? The cash value, you can loan 80, 90% of that value right back out, right? So you can actually make an arbitrage play of, you know, getting a spread on your money and then reinvesting that capital, you know, into a syndication or something, right? So that's, so therefore you're getting dual compounding of your money, right? That's one, you know, huge benefit. So just, I'm sorry. Just yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I would basically open up a whole life insurance yeah. plan Yeah. and I would put a, let's say I put a hundred K into it and then I would be able to actually loan that money out into a syndication, for example. Correct. So I'm getting returns on that in addition to the benefits of the whole life insurance. Right. Plan. And it, and and the the additional benefits on top of that, right? The the money is compounding tax free. Uh, it creates a passive income stream for you. So at retirement, whenever you want to start withdrawing, you're actually taking loans out of the cash value. So it's considered non-taxable. Right. So now you have this other tap, you know, cash flow stream in your later years that you need. And then the other thing that's really cool is from a legacy standpoint, you know, you can pass it to your kids and your heirs uh, completely tax free. You know, no, there's no um, no probate or anything. Right. It goes right to them. Um, and also it, it it's a great way to actually I mean, this is why the uber wealthy have been using this for years, but a lot of people haven't really heard about it. Um, but you can also kind of shield some of your assets, like, you know, let's say you're applying for financial aid uh, for your kid's college, things like that. When it's considered under the life insurance umbrella, mm -hmm. um, it's not like a stock, you know, uh, asset. Um, so, mm -hmm. so a lot of, lot of benefits there. Um, and I think that's, that, that can be a, a key part of your infrastructure, mm -hmm. you know, for building your wealth long term. Are you seeing a lot of people do this? Actually take that money and push it into kind of real estate syndications, almost, almost like an IRA you would, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that is the strategy. It's a rinse and repeat strategy, right? So anytime, you know, I may, I make income, right, uh, that comes into me, it goes right into my own policy, which is like my bank. And then I loan it right back out when that first deal comes. 
And the other place thing is it's a really good store of money. So, you know, we all know you don't want to just invest in any deal that comes along, right? So it could be three months, could be, you know, five months till you get that next deal. But now your money is has got additional velocity, right? Because you're making the return on it until the next deal happens. So I, I think having that velocity and then the other layer that I like to think about, you know, we always talk about, you know, a savings account or something or your rainy day fund mm -hmm. and six, six months, you know, mm -hmm. living expenses or something. This is a great place to have that, hmm. right? So whatever your number is that you want to have, this is a great place to leave that in there and you can't access it, but it's your emergency money. Fascinating. Um, how, how does, so you called it the infinite banking? Infinite banking is the term that it's, you know, called. I mean, there's a lot of different terms for it. Okay. But. And then how does one go about setting this up? Do you... Do you find someone who can basically give you a whole yeah, life policy? I would, I would only recommend like very certified people that all they do is set up these types of policies because there's okay. different ways to structure whole life policies, Okay, right? But the concept that we're talking about here is a very unique way to do that. There's not a lot of companies or people uh, that can do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I've try to bring my investors. It's kind of one of the things I try to bring to people as well is like, like it took me 20 years to essentially build a team, right? Of, right. of people that are on my team. So I have experts in that domain, you know, that can help facilitate that. Yeah. I mean, you're, I mean, yeah, it's interesting. You're almost a futuristic, uh, personal finance, uh, guide. Yeah. Yeah. But ironically, right. All the financial advisors out there, you know, they're, <laughs> you know, they're the ones qualified to give advice. Yeah. yeah. You know, their, their advice is, is awful. <laughs> so interesting. I, um, in, in the recent news this week was the, the Google founder stepping down and as part of what they were talking about, maybe where they want to go in the future, we're talking about how some of the rules and regulations are not built around how tech functions today mm -hmm. and i thought that that really and, and what what one thing is they see, i don't know where they're going i don't want to speak for them but that they're interested in, in maybe trying to create some uh either cities or different places where there are kind of more futuristic setup of of getting rid of some of these old rules and regulations that just don't fit with the internet and, and how there's this open uh universe now uh and so i think about the world you're talking about as being a, a such an interesting fit of you're right that like, you know, the folks who are, you know, technically certified to give a lot of advice uh, don't really even know some of these amazing wealth products like multifamily syndication right. that they can get into. Right. They're, they're mostly salespeople, right, selling the products that their company, right, Ameriprise, Merrill Lynch, whatever it is, the, yeah. that, that portfolio of products, yeah. right? So they don't recommend the whole life because, first of all, they don't know how to structure it. And then it may not be one of their offerings. Yeah. Or right, real estate in that. general, right? I mean, exactly. I mean, whole life is they don't, part they don't make it. any compensation yeah. for real estate. So Yeah, it's, it's such a great uh such a great point. Just being really careful who you're working with and what they're uh what 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 they're how they're compensated right. to make sure that they're guiding you properly. Okay, so um that's awesome. So now uh so you, you kind of leave the the tech world now, basically now you're spending your time essentially 
uh, educating people on how to create wealth. Is that yeah. a fair way to say it? Yeah, that's that's exactly it. Um, there's a there's a really cool concept from I've been in the uh, Strategic Coach program with Dan Sullivan, which is you know just phenomenal program for entrepreneurs really trying to scale their businesses. Um, but you know they they talk about building a business from right, and and oftentimes entrepreneurs have a, a business you've built from from your relationships, your network, what you knew. Right. And so that was my first kind of tech services business that I built. Um, and now I'm building a business too. Right. This is really to, you know, where I want to be supports my purpose more. Um, and I really want to, you know, the biggest impact that I want to have is to, you know, reach more people, you know, to be able to educate them on these things. Because look, I mean, it's what a three, 13 trillion dollar, you know, stock market. Um, most Americans, 90% of Americans have their money sitting in trapped equity in their homes or in a qualified plan. And, you know, you can achieve, you know, wealth in a fraction of the time when you start to put some of these strategies in place. Yeah. So I spent a lot of time trying to, you know, coach people and educate people uh, and provide these, you know, this reference and, and really a playbook, right, of how to take action, right? Because there's awesome podcasts and books and resources, but I'm trying to actually make this, the, the business I'm trying to make is to, is to make it actionable for people, right? It's great. Um, why don't you maybe give people an example of something? I mean, we, we spoke, talked about the whole life concept a lot. Is there something else that comes to mind that you see that, you know, maybe, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago wasn't as prevalent, but but now you're saying like, man, people are just not taking advantage of X, Y, or Z. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about taxes, right? If, if, if you're out there listening and you haven't read Tom Wheelwright's book, I mean, read it, read it tomorrow. Yeah. It will change the way you think about taxes. Everyone thinks about taxes as actually a penalty, right? And then I have to pay taxes. And real quick, but, Tom Wheelwright's the accountant for Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah. Uh, Tax-Free Wealth tax -free is the wealth, name, the name of the book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, is is really awesome. It's a top three book I recommend too. I, I've read it. hundred percent, right? Yeah. Because the tax code is actually an incentive, right? Incentives for you to do investments, right? To start companies as an entrepreneur. That's what the government wants you to do. People always call it loopholes. It's not loopholes. You're doing what the government wants you to do, right? Right. But if you can take the courage and take the action, right, to try to get there then you get you get rewarded for that right they want to provide housing right. right and real estate is one of the most tax efficient asset classes there is right now right um you know we i reduced in my business i mean that that's how i came to this as well i fired four different accounting firms over the years paid many large six-figure checks uh, paying taxes not knowing what taxes were and it was like the you know the more money we made the more money we had to pay in taxes. It just didn't seem right. I mean, how are we, you know, how are we shifting here? So, you know, finally we came up, you know, to WealthAbility and, and, and hired these guys and they've taken my taxes down over 25%. And this is a um, accounting firm yeah. that, that you've worked with and, and highly recommend. Yeah. Yeah. And so what's interesting about this, right, again, as part of this holistic strategy, we, we think about, you know, the assets we're chasing. What's the yield on that property, right? On that deal, what are we getting? You're getting 14%. The IRR is 18%. Oh, that's a better one, you know? And you're going back and forth on these things, right? But think about if you, if you were to save, get a tax savings of 20% a year 
in perpetuity, by the way, because that's every year moving forward. Think about how much that would add to achieving your wealth targets. Right. I mean, it's a, it's a big number. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting when you when you start looking at folks who are paying a lot of money in tax, and you say, "Man, if you can take a chunk of that that you're paying, and you can push that basically tax free into another vehicle, the re- the actual returns of the investment matter a lot less." You know, I mean, I'd, I'd rather take a six seven percent return when that you know, that 20K was going to go right to the government. Yeah. And I'm able to yeah. slice it off and put it over here. Right, right. You know, I'll take a 3% return because it, it was going away. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is so interesting. And, and there's also, I mean, what, what's interesting too is, I mean, look at the entire investment thesis that we're talking about here with real estate and this holistic approach, right? It's very different from what Wall Street and conventional wisdom is saying. They're saying, let's create this nest egg, you know? So... You calculate what your you know lifestyle is and your expenses, and then we're going to extrapolate that forward, which says you know you need three million dollars right when you're 65, and then you can pull out four percent of your income at that rate. I mean, who wants to retire poor? <laughs> I mean, wh- it's ridiculous. And the and you know all they've done is model like life expectancy, right? But with that life insurance policy, that's it never the money withdraw never outpaces how much it's actually accumulating right so you could be 120 and still pulling off that same cash flow stream yeah right so i th- i think that the investment thesis overall um is really important to get your head around that there's a different there's a different approach here than what people are talking about um on main street that's great um if someone was like listening here thinking yeah I mean, these are all problems I have. What's like a, I don't know, what's an early step someone could take to moving forward to a, you know, first step of, of starting to kind of increase their wealth in a, you know, lower risk way, you know, um, that maybe they're not doing today? Yeah. So uh, it's a really good question. And again, this is why I've, I've tried to actually kind of build this playbook, right? And I have it broken down into three simple phases. Um, The first one starts with you and your mindset. Uh, The second one goes into basically learning and educating yourself, increasing your IQ, financial IQ, mindset IQ, um, and also building a team around you, uh, and then moving into taking action. Uh, But it all starts really with mindset, I think, is the most important. And wherever you are in your journey or your net worth or your passive income goals, right, this is a great time of year. We're about to move into 2020, but, you know, think about where you could be, right? Don't just think about maybe an incremental movement. Think about, you know, the real possibility of where you could be. Um, So I think really getting, mastering your mind, right? And having the right mindset is absolutely critical to, you know, to growing your wealth, right? Um, And understanding some of these different strategies. Cool. Um, Talk me through, I mean, uh, you, it sounds like you, you, you've done a pretty good job of also teaching your kids financial literacy. Um, I know that's something that's like really important to me. And I know we have a lot of listeners who have kids and are thinking about, you know, um, their futures. How have you been able to educate them in a topic that is not, A, oftentimes not taught very well in yeah. school, yeah. if at all. And then two is not the most interesting at an early age, I guess. Yeah, Uh, no, no, absolutely. Well, and we were all, you know, 
we were all brought up, right? It was taboo to talk about money, right? right? And who's talking about mindset, right? When you're 18 years old or, or, or 15 years old. Yeah. I mean, no one's talking about those kind of things. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so I have, I have four kids um, and it's just been such an awesome journey. We started talking about wealth building, you know, since their early days when they were younger. And as they moved into high school, we were having mastermind sessions. You know, they, they would come home from school, right? And we'd always have a powwow and kind of talk about, you know, um, you know, whatever it might be, the topic, real estate. But a lot of it is around mindset. And I watch my daughters now. It's so amazing. You know, I mean, one is 19, the other's 21, but they're going into the world and their, their emotional and intellectual IQ is like higher than many adults I know. I mean, they're just ready to take on the world. They have their morning routines mastered. You know, they're meditating, they're journaling, they're very clear on their goals, they're shaping their purpose, right? And and that all started, you know, I'm, I mean, very middle school, you know, high school, and now they're building up the forces of five, right? The, the, you know, you're a product of the people you spend time with, the media you consume, and the environment you're in, yeah. right? So we try to help shape them so that they're, you know, getting on the right path early. That's awesome. On a, on a tactical level, are they, are they doing things like getting a, a you know, a, a good credit score through a good credit history? And uh, that that's a no brainer. I mean, if anyone doesn't know that one, just add your kids to your credit card account, one of your credit card accounts, like when they're in high school or whatever. Yeah. You don't even have to give them the credit card and then have it in place for a while and then they've got a good credit score. Yeah. So that that's really easy. But um, but I mean, and then, I mean obviously there's, there's more simple tactics and yeah. there's more advanced where they, I mean. So here's an example. I mean, this is this is a fun one, a little bit mind bending, but you know, part of my vision and, and our, our family goal was actually to, uh, have a property uh, overseas. So we, we have a, a single family in Italy. Um, and uh, the, the really cool thing is, right, the, we have passive income coming in from one property that's paying for the mortgage over there. We go on an annual family retreat, which is tax deductible to Italy. To check out your property. <laughs> to check out our property. I get the kids involved in the business whether it's you know repairs or maintenance or documentation, we're constantly doing tax and documentation. So now the kids are involved in the business and they learn about it in a really fun way. Yeah. And we've gotten to go do you know an awesome vacation. And I think getting the kids involved in the business is like really cool, right? And we've used that whole strategy to, you know, buying assets to buy our liabilities. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I I mean the idea of. When people are sometimes nervous about investing outside the town they live in, mm -hmm. you're out there in Italy yeah. investing. Um, talk me through that really quick. I mean, was that uh, was that challenging buying a property in a different country or? Yeah, really challenging. <laughs> uh, probably couldn't have done it without the the realtor we met. That is just he's he's awesome. He deals with international clients. Okay. Uh, we couldn't find the one thing that always drove me crazy though is hard to find for foreigners. Um, to find any kind of mortgage, right? So, so the first one, we've actually bought two over there. The first one we bought had to pay cash for it um, because you, you just couldn't get a loan, right? Um, but then after more and more research, getting to know people, you know, and, and trying to figure that out, I found a broker. And uh, yeah, our note is 2.2%. 
uh, on this thing, but it's a, it's like a it's like a twenty year, and then the LTV is different if you're a you know foreign owned. I think it's only like fifty percent, right? Uh, but still. Um, you know, it took a while to even figure out that leg because I want to maximize the return, you know, still is this, on that. Is this a, a short term rental, like a vacation rental? Kind yeah, of you know, you can rent it. We rent it out for maybe like a month or two a year. And then the rest of the time it's open. And, you know, ideally I'll be spending some more time over there cycling and, you know. That's yeah. awesome. Um, oh, man. So cool. So I guess the, the trick there was like anything, finding a probably a real estate agent. Who had worked with international clients before? Yeah, it sounds like that, that's kind yeah, of yeah. That trick. was that was key. I mean, I did a lot of research on bigger pockets, but I think each region internationally, there's so many nuances, and also the you know the rules change, right? Even getting a bank account, a foreign bank account, that was, I mean, you know, I think five of them said no before we found one that would get a bank account because we you know to pay the utilities, <laughs> right? So interesting. Uh, I love. Uh, one of the tricks to real estate, right, is just uh, being willing to talk to five banks before you get the sixth, yeah. right? And, and, and yeah. you know, persistence, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, cool. Um, I, I want to talk about one more concept here. So, you know, as you think about, I mean, you've done a lot. You've owned a tech company. You've raised money for tech companies. You've invested passively. You've now helped other people invest. And um, one thing you, we were talking about before was kind of like predictable outcomes. Mm-hmm. And I find that phrase to be really interesting because, I mean, you know, the risk tolerance of an investment and, and whether that's your own time and making money, you know, change, essentially changing your time for money or investing in an asset that's going to return money for you. I mean, all of these things carry risk tolerances and we don't really talk about it that much, but your job is, is risky and that it could go away tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Your investment in real estate, your investment in the 401k, everyone thinks isn't risky, that it has risk tied to it. Yeah. Um, how have you been able to, I guess, um, create predictable outcomes in multifamily? Yeah, so that's a really good question. And maybe, um, you know, this this can be some food for thought, right? Is, is I do think about that risk, you know, especially a, as a business owner, as an investor, you know, what could I do? And I had actually set the past few years, I set goals for myself to reduce my risk by 10%. But the way I've gone about it is actually through education, right? So at the the more you learn about some of these concepts, right? I mean, that, you know, that infinite banking, like I said, is, you know, it's completely bulletproof, right? So um, things like, you know, all of that kind of learning and increasing your financial IQ actually really reduces your risk, right? And how you go about it. And then from a real estate standpoint, again, I liked, you know, the, the, the low risk profile of the asset class because a business can ret- ha- give you a higher return, but it's also higher risk. So, you know, I don't get compensated until I create value for the marketplace, right? So it's constantly a performance-based thing. But as you, you know, as you make progress and you're growing, you will, um, you know, you'll really see that you start to build confidence. And I think also building confidence, whether, you know, whether it's your investing or building your business, whatever it is, then you reduce risk as well. Right, because you 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 you're getting a track record, you're seeing results and things that gives you more confidence to propel you forward. Yeah, if you had to kind of um, for like force rank, you know, uh, operator, you know, geography, 
and then like realistic class, right? So you're, you're looking. Let's say you're looking at trying to pick a multifamily thing to invest into, mm-hmm. right? You know, do you look at like does geography outweigh operator? Do you put operator as the most important? Of is this going to be a long-term successful investment? Do you view all of these being equal importance, or how do you kind of? You know, I primary. I'd say I probably prioritize with operator. Um, this is real estate's a people business, and and you know, I, I, investing as an LP for so many years, I've developed a lot of relationships. Right, it's where I'm putting my kids' money, you know, my money, our future. So I only feel comfortable sharing that with my investors, right? That I know that it's kind of predictable. But if you have an operator that has an awesome track record, right, in the specific maybe market or niche that they're in, you know, those other components come with it, right? They haven't been a, become a successful operator without operating in the right, you know, in, in, in the right geographies, yeah. right? And the right asset classes. Yeah, that's such an interesting point is that, uh, you know, you go pick a geography, the geography may not find you the right geography with the wrong operator is going to, going to be terrible. You find the right operator, they're going to kind of find the right geographies for you. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, no, and I've been, I mean, I've, I'm from the East Coast. I've always been on the East Coast all my life. But it's interesting because all my investing has always been, you know, in the Texas region. I mean, even going back 20 years, right? So, you know, that's where I've built a lot of relationships over there. And it's just no surprise, right, when you look at the demographics and population growth, the job growth, uh, and you understand, you know, how all that works. It's, you know, it's no wonder why the majority of, you know, larger multifamilies are in the southern states. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and, and I love the idea of kind of choose, choose the right operator for your passive investments. And, and, and things usually work out pretty well. Right. So. And I'm, I'm trying to do that with my investors as well, right, is kind of providing like some exclusive access really that to operators that are already vetted, you know, I've put my money in and, and then that way, right. If you're W2 or you just don't have the time right now, you have a flow, you have some deal flow and you can kind of build your portfolio. That's awesome. Steve, I want to close one thing. I I ask every guest who comes on the show, assuming I don't forget to ask the question (laughs) is, you know, we're, we're big in attacking kind of where the world's going. Mm -hmm. As you look at the next two, three, four years, of kind of building wealth and um, everything that you work in, all these different products, uh, multifamily syndication. What's some of the kind of leaps to the top of your mind, something maybe you're excited about or interested in that, that could be changing, whether it's through tech or just, just you know, the future where, where everything's headed to? Okay, I've got a good one for you. I'm not, I'm not sure when this will happen, but as I said, um, you know, there's, there's no right recipe book for achieving this alternative wealth strategy, right? So what I've tried to do is put that into this playbook and put that out as education, right? Framing it out for people to take action. But what I'd really love to do, my, my real passion would be to actually turn that into a software product, right? So just think about if you could do what-if analysis on you know, a certain scenario, right? Like I, okay, I've got money leveraged out of my infinite banking that I'm putting into a syndication. What's the tax implications on that? What's my passive income? Uh, if I extrapolate that 10 years, what does that look like? How, do, how can I compare that against, you know, money in, that's in a 401k now? Uh, if I pull equity out of my house, 
today and then put it into a syndication, yeah. right? Where can I be, right, in five? So modeling out these scenarios and then having, you know, this holistic portfolio and having a dashboard of it, I mean, how cool would that be to really understand Yeah, I mean, in are? many ways what you're, uh, I'll kind of simplify it down. I mean, if you look at like what a tool like Mint has done, yeah, it's for creating a budget and reconciling your checkbook, right? right? I mean, which is fine, yeah, right. I mean, better than nothing, I <laughs> right. guess. But um, it's really the it's the forward looking view. It's 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 like Mint 2.0 yeah. for the the next level of how do I build wealth and build it intelligently? Um, and I know, I mean, look, there's people out there like the you know the Dave Ranges of the world who are like pay down your debt, and you know I don't want a mortgage. And and I, I man, I'm like uh, when interest rates are three percent, the yeah. numbers don't bear that out. Right. But I'll tell you, verb. It's interesting just to play on what you're proposing. Verbally, I have a hard time explaining to someone, especially if they're not super analytical, why having a mortgage when you can get a ten percent return on a syndication or a passive income, passive investment, and you're paying a mortgage of four percent or whatever. Why it makes sense to actually keep that mortgage and actually maybe even take out more mortgage and put it into a vehicle like that? I have a hard time explaining that to people um, because it's 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 not easy to grasp your head around. You can't exactly. you can't show yeah. a picture. Yeah. I think people that are especially people that are visual by nature, right? Having a visual dashboard to show you that actually paying off your mortgage versus taking a mortgage and putting into this product, you know, here's here's what your life looks like in yeah. five years. Yeah. Um, it's super interesting, and I, I hope well, I hope you build it, or uh, maybe we can be a part of building it. Yeah. Um, but I think you are right on the money. I'm, I'm calling it Mint 2.0. Um, uh, but I think you're right that that will be the next generation of people grasping their head around really financial literacy in a dashboard that they can. Like no one understands a budget very well until it's their own budget, right? And they say, okay, I can see now. I'm spending. You know, I tell my wife all the time, like, do you realize, like, you spent $600 last month buying yeah. clothing for our daughter? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it makes it, you know, that's a much easier way to get your head on a budget when you can right. just see that number. Right. Um, I love my wife, by the way. She's great uh, and very good about um, staying on budget, as is my daughter. But, um, you know, but I think the next evolution is, like, how we're building wealth. And I, I don't have a great way to frame that for our family of yeah. what our future yeah. plans are. Um so I love that idea. I think you're like running the money there. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it, it's just having that strategic view and also looking long term, right? To be able to say, hey, if you know, if I do these certain properties or these t steps or the tax strategy, you know, what does that mean for me 10 years, 20 years down the road? And then I can compare that, right, against what I'm doing today. And then, you know, when in doubt, run the numbers, right? It's powerful. This is awesome. Dave, uh, man, love it. Great stuff. Uh, I hope I hope this started to change people's mindset. I hope you got some good tactical things out of this. I know I did. I took a ton of notes here. Um, if people want to reach out to you, get to know you better, um, you know, learn more about your banking strategies or your education or maybe even help them build a plan for their own wealth building. How, what's the what's the way to get in touch with you? Yeah, the best place is really our website, pantheoninvest.com. Um, and then also you can download uh, the ebook that we're talking about with the wealth framework is uh, pantheoninvest.com forward slash wealth hyphen strategy. Cool. We'll put that in the notes. And uh, thanks, man. This is really good stuff.
uh, come back again sooner, right? Yeah, thanks, Chad. Really enjoyed it. Cool. Yeah. So that's our episode of Real Estate Hackers. Thanks for joining us in your real estate investing journey. We come out with fresh new episodes weekly. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And if you would, let your fellow investors know about us. Also, if you've ever hacked or found a unique solution to an issue in the real estate space, hit me up. We may even share your real estate hack on a future episode. Check out our site at realestatehackers.com, on Instagram, at realestatehackers, or email me directly at chad at realestatehackers.com. Real Estate Hackers is an on-air brands production. Huge thanks and shout out to Eric and the team at On Air Brands. Be sure to check them out at onairbrands.com. This is Chad Gallagher, your host of Real Estate Hackers. Hope to see you at our next meetup or live event. And who knows, you may even be the next guest hacker on our show. See you soon.